Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. And I'm Desi Jedekin. And this is episode five, season one, Leap of Faith. Yeah. Wow. I, I, they, they actually say Leap of Faith at some time in this episode. Yeah. It was like one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's the title. <laughs> <laughs> Always exciting. Yeah. So we open this episode. It's a nighttime pool party. Everyone at the Melrose Place Complex is dancing. I like that you can literally tell that someone's like, okay, action. And everyone just started lamely dancing. Like, this is not party midway through. No. Uh, it's just completely put upon it and did, very obvious. It didn't even look like bad sitcom party dancing. It looked like bad high school play dancing. Totally. But only Jake and Sandy were going hard. Did you see his knee between her legs? They were... <laughs> well. <laughs> They at least were like doing what they would do together at a dance party. Right. And they were grinding. He had his knee really hard up there. He was trying to like uh, simulate his rock hard cock. Yeah. In her pussy. And she was riding it. Yeah. They're, it's like just fuck already or fuck again. Yes. They've already Go back to it before. Just do it again. Jane, of course, is in one of her floral dresses. And th- this party's so wild that they all toss Billy into the pool. Right. And this is when we find out what this party is about. Everyone is congratulating Billy Campbell because he just got his very first writing job. He has gotten hired to write a weekly column for a free local Los Angeles newspaper that Billy says is what people line their litter boxes with. So it's that it's a rag. It's not it's not like a good paper. No. But it is a writing job. So congrats to Billy. And he's stressed. Because he has no nothing to write about. He's a total boring. <laughs> I was I was watching this with Brendan. I watched these two episodes with him, and he goes, "How did he get a writing job?" <laughs> yeah, he's there's like no point of view. There, <laughs> there's nothing interesting about his life as far as like he is a you know rock climber who climbs Mount like climb climb Mount Everett. Like there's nothing like that that would elevate him to a columnist. Like well, a columnist is a very specific thing. He's also not self-aware enough to make his shtick that he is boring and a loser. Yes. Because he, if he was clever, if he was clever, he could have a column about what it's like growing up as an average guy in the Valley. And it could, if he was a good enough writer. Or his bit could be, I'm a boring guy trying new things every week. And people would yeah. read that. Yes. Okay. So... 
Everyone's very proud of him. And yeah, Jake is like, well, what are you going to write about? Yeah, even Jake knows. And Billy says, me. <laughs> this, is, this is how unself-aware Billy is. He's such a dweeb. They all push him back in the pool, which I agreed with. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Allison tells Jane, killer dress. I wrote that down and I was like, what does that mean? I forgot. <laughs> I was like, it must have something to do with Jane. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Michael Mancini comes running in, cheering. I have never, I don't know. Did, uh, is this a thing doctors do? I thought he was a little too psyched about what was clearly um, a stressful and awful story. Uh, he was acting like he won the Powerball. He was acting like, yes, yeah, something good had happened. And then it turned out it was a little boy who had been hit by a car that he saved. And I get being happy about saving a child, but it shouldn't be like, like you said, winning the Powerball. It should be like, wow, I've had a stressful day, but we saved him. Like it's more of a somber celebration. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've never seen that. Like maybe in the operating room when you successfully do something, the, the all the doctors cheer for a second, right? Out of like pure like adrenaline. But right. this was like hours later. No, it was such a deranged reaction. So then, Jane and Michael are in their apartment. And Jane's in the bathroom, and we hear some very concerning piano music play. And Jane is taking a pregnancy test, and it's positive. That okay. was the weirdest positive I've ever seen. What was this pregnancy <laughs> test? It was like a red... It was like a rectangle. It, it was, was like a box. I didn't even know what the result was. Because <laughs> it was so weird looking. I have never seen a pregnancy test look like this in my life before. Yeah. So. Every pregnancy test I've ever seen or taken... It's like a little plus or minus or no, something. It's, I'm not even talking about the result. Oh. I'm talking about the way this thing looked. It wasn't even the stick. Yeah. It was like a box. Yeah, it was weird. It was, I don't know who chose that. I, did they used to look like that? I have no in, idea. In 92? I don't think so. Anyway, Jane's pregnant. The next day, Allison is at Jane's boutique on Melrose trying on a dress. And Allison goes, you can see right through it. Maybe with the unitard? It was not at all see-through, though, it Rachel. Was, <laughs> it was beige. And dowdy. Completely opaque. I, she just wanted to put a unitard on. <laughs> be extra be extra chaste. Here goes Allison just desperately trying to frump up anything that she's wearing. She goes into Jane's floral print dress shop and picks out the one beige dress. That is Allison in a nutshell. Yeah. Like... And uh, she... And- <laughs> She does end up buying the dress. And at this point, while she's trying on the dress, Jane confesses that she's pregnant and it's unplanned. But Allison is gushing and she's so excited. And then Jane's like, well, I haven't told Michael yet. Yeah. Now, I like that she said, we just got carried away one night. I was like, was that the night? Like that you guys were recreating Ghost, right? <laughs> well, because you've only had sex a few times that on we this know show. Of. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Billy is sitting at his computer. Love, loved seeing this computer. It's like the one with the small screen and <laughs> that's a this huge, huge box. <laughs> I also love that he's literally writing things and crumbling them up and throwing them. Why was he printing them out? I have no idea. This made no sense. Because <laughs> they just wanted the visual <laughs> of him frustrated. Because there was a huge pile of crumbled up balls of the, paper. 
But he had a computer. This is how stupid. I think they were showing us how stupid Billy Campbell is because he was typing up entire columns, printing them out on com- on that computer paper with the holes in it. And the then dittos. The dittos. <laughs> And then crumpling them up, making this huge pile of trash. This is 1992, Billy. People are hip to recycling. This is very wasteful. Also, that computer and printer must have been incredibly expensive. <laughs> like, how does he even have that? Because haven't we seen him also typing on an old-fashioned typewriter? Yeah. Like pecking? Or was no, that a computer that was a too? Computer. Okay. Anyway, this made no sense to me. Allison returns home like an hour later, to see Billy cleaning out the fridge, which is a classic writer move. So Billy's got that down. Yes. Every single person, it's a cliche. We all no. know it. If you have a deadline. If you have a deadline. Look, I do it when I'm working on an episode right. for Hollywood Crime Scene. Your house is clean, cleaner than ever. My house, I will start cleaning things I never even thought of to clean. Yeah. And, and Billy's no different. And Billy's no different. He starts cleaning up the fridge, and Allison's like, Billy... And she's wearing a beige floral print blazer in this scene. She she somehow managed to do it. Combined beige with floral print. <laughs> I have never seen anything like this in my life. It was awful. And Billy is like, what do I know? I'm just a kid from the valley. And I said, Billy, just wait till season two. Because you're in for a world of shit. Your, your life's about to be very column worthy. Um, I like, I feel like a lot of people need this in their life. A moment when they realize that they're actually boring. Yeah. And Billy finally has this. So that's the first step. (laughs) And I'm happy for him. Later that same evening at a Mexican restaurant. Okay, wait. One more thing from the scene though. Okay. Billy's most interesting thing is that he saw Millie Vanilli shopping at the Galleria. (laughs) Okay. Which I was like, that actually is a good column. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good celeb sighting too. Absolutely. So Jane and Michael are at this Mexican restaurant. They're slow dancing because this is like a restaurant slash dance yeah. dance place. This place looked fun. Yeah. And Jane has floofed up her hair for this occasion. Like she, it's not just her signature straight right. bowl, bowl cut. She's put some mousse into it. And they're also like the best thing about moving to LA is. The Mexican food, because I guess they don't have Mexican food where they're from in Chicago, which seems weird. They probably don't have the greatest Mexican food, especially in 92. Totally. You're right. You know? Yeah. Like, on, anyway, but they probably have other great food there. I Look, I'm not going to fight with Chicago people about their food. No. Ever. We've, no. <laughs> we know how Chicago people get, and that's fair. They, they have like a legendary restaurant scene. Yeah. According. No, I mean, I want to go to Chicago. Me too. Bad. So... Jane has floofed up her hair for this occasion. Jane and Michael are just the most basic couple. This is the most exciting night out for them. Yeah. I mean. And it's like, then you think about it, you're like, you guys are 23. Yeah. Yeah. They're they really act, young. They act like they're 50 all the time. Yeah. That's what you, I do forget how young these people are supposed to be because they all definitely seem more mid to late 20s, but they're like 22, 23. When do you think, Okay. So you know how like everyone agrees that like people in the seventies and before, like a thirty year old then looked like a hundred. Yeah, I mean that's being like, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. look they old, look much older. They than look now. older than they do now. I think it applies to the nineties sometimes too, 
And I don't know if it's, I don't know how that works. I don't know what that phenomenon is. I don't know how much of it is factual, like objectively that people did look older then, or if it's like, oh, we were younger then, so we still conceptually think of them as looking older. Like, what is that phenomenon? I think it's honestly some of the style, their style, especially like Jane and Allison don't dress like people in their 20s do today. Right. They dress like moms or whatever. Like Because you're right, because Sandy does look like she's in her 20s and so does Rhonda. They both dress very young. They dress more youthful. I think some of the women on this show dress in a style that we consider now to be like an older look. Yeah. Uh, And I think that the 90s did have this sort of older style at the same time it had these more grunge and punk rock styles or whatever. They had this sort of floral, Laura Ashley romantic style too, like with Jane with the puffy blouses. Like that was also a trend for certain women then, I think. I would say 1993 was like a really hot trend in 93 was that pirate shirt, floral print, new new romantic style. Yes. Like the choker with the cameo. Do you remember those? Yes. It just looks older to me now. Yeah. Um, and plus the makeup was a lot harsher then. And I think like some people worked it out. Like they, I remember like the baby doll floral print dresses with combat boots was a younger look of that sort of floral print, right? Yes. Yes. So they just don't do that. So Jane tells my, Michael while they're slow dancing, I want us to have a baby. And he's like, what? Why? Yeah. He is not into this idea. We just saw Michael has a very high stress job. Mm-hmm. He works long hours and he's like, I need to finish my internship. We're at least five years away from having a baby. Yes. Of course, Jane, like we see Jane's little like, oh, oh right. worried look. This is a classic TV trope where the wife knows she's pregnant and she tries to get the husband on board without him knowing. And he's like, no. And then she has this dilemma of what to do. Yes. Right? Yeah. At Shooters, Billy is having a drink with Allison because he's trying to be more edgy. Because remember the last episode when he was <laughs> yeah. at Shooters, he was drinking a Coca-Cola? Yes. And now he's like actually drinking alcohol and he hates it. I also love Allison trying to convince him that being boring is okay. Yeah. It's like the most <laughs> self-serving <laughs> It's like, of course you think that. Because Allison knows she's the most boring person in the apartment. And if at least if Billy's also boring, it won't seem as obvious. Yes. So he's really trying to work on getting a drinking problem. Allison is there with him. And you you can't help but think, be careful, Allison. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is going to latch on with her more than it is Billy, apparently. we, We know what's coming, Allison. So... Oh, he also calls Emily Dickinson a candy ass, which was truly the funniest <laughs> yes. line of the, the episode yes. for me. I was like, who wrote that line? I laughed out loud when he said that. It was, first of all, candy ass should come back because it is a funny word. It's, I have no idea what it means, but it's hilarious. It's such a great insult. It's a great insult. And just to describe Emily Dickinson that way it was <laughs> quite funny to me. So then Jake, Matt, and Sandy show up. Matt sits down at the bar with Billy and Allison, and he talks about his crazy day working at the halfway house. Two of the kids got into a knife fight, and (laughs) Billy is just seething with jealousy that Matt had this crazy story. But yeah, I also thought that the story was like, he's like, and he got the knife from his mom on her way to the mental hospital. 
floor or something. It was just so extra. It was like, really? Like, yeah, he just kept upping the ante with this story. But of course, like, he's not embellishing, but to Billy, he's like, he's not, Billy's not even thinking about like, oh, that's very sad for these kids. He's just furious. Yeah. He's furious that Matt has this like sick story to tell at the bar. Yeah, you get these things every day. Real trauma. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so demented. Yeah. So then this guy who's not part of the gang, he walks into the bar. He's wearing a leather jacket and a neck brace. This is quite a look. And, and and Billy is immediately like, who's that guy? He, like, that must be cool. <laughs> he, yeah, Billy's deduction for this guy having a cool injury is solely based on the fact that he's wearing a leather jacket. That's right, it. because neck braces traditionally are not very cool looking. No. In fact, it almost like from my TV viewing, I'm like, that's a scam. Right. <laughs> Just because that's always a plot point. I don't I do think people legitimately need them sometimes, but you know, in TV it's always like yeah. the, the scam, right? Like if this guy came in wearing a neck brace and a sweater, Billy wouldn't take a second no. look. He'd be like, Oh, that guy had a car accident. No, this guy's like, wow, if something must have happened. He's wearing a leather jacket and yeah. a neck brace, that's a combo. So Billy like corners this guy and he's like, How'd you get how'd you get injured? Such a bizarre thing. Did you fall off your hog? (laughs) Yeah. And the guy's like, whoa. Uh, And then he's like, no, man. I got it from bungee jumping. Billy, it's 1993. It's bungee jumping related, clearly. (laughs) Like the hottest trend in the country. Bungee jumping is so 90s. That was like everywhere everyone was bungee jumping everyone it was impossible to get away from every tv show had a bungee jumping like sequence or talked about it it. was like like the most popular activity in the country so scary i would would never never. i would never do it and not even because i think i would get hurt i just don't want to willingly jump off of anything i don't need that thrill at all. Yeah. It just never appealed to me. And obviously there is like minuscule risk to it. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not doing anything where if I die, everyone's going to be like, well, she should have gone bungee jumping <laughs> off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's obsessed with this guy. And then, so Billy turns to Matt and Jake and he's like, you guys, we got to go bungee jumping. And they're like, yeah. They're like, sure. Cause to Billy, he's like, Okay. I can pay to have a thrilling experience. Yeah. This is the 90s. Everything's extreme. Absolutely. I can buy this. Yes. Billy would have uh, been, today he would have been a wealthy guy who goes to Burning Man. Oh, totally. Or he would have said, let's go to Burning Man. He wants experiences. He's going he's gonna to go to Machu Picchu. Pichu. Pichu. Yeah. He's going to go there. I mean, I want to go there, to be I honest. I do too, but I'm not going to do it to post on Instagram. No, he's good. He, you're right. He's he's like uh, an, an experienced farmer. Yes. He's looking for the trendy things to do so he can tag it. Like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So back at the Mexican restaurant, Jane is needling Michael about why he doesn't want to have kids right away. Michael's hair is so wet in this scene. He like puts so much depth in his hair. Oh, yeah. The green gel. The gr- Depp. <laughs> it was Depp or L.A. looks. L.A. looks. Anything with L.A. in it is very 90s. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Wasn't, there was like a whole... Wasn't there a shoe? L.A. something? L.A. gear. L.A. gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I wanted the L.A. gears so bad. They light up when you walk. I was like, that technology is fucking we crazy. Will, we've reached the heights of technology. 
with these light up. I shoes. mean, as a young <laughs> as a young kid seeing that, I was like, "How does it work? How does it work?" No, LA anything in the brand is totally nineties. I agree, a hundred percent. I also love when Michaels like says to Jane, "What about your funky evening wear line?" Oh yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, what about it? What's that about?" Because we do see it later, and it's like, "Yeah, it's funky, but, you but need like to it work stinks." On it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. This was Michael's way of telling Jane, "Hey, Jane, don't you have bigger problems to worry about?" I mean, just the idea of someone being like, "I'm going to create an evening wear line and use the term funky." It's just, you know, it's not going to be good. I think funky was also '90s. Yeah, funky. Be, because you know what? Because Rhonda teaches cardio funk, and it's very funky. And in the funky. next episode, some she <laughs> describes something as it need this needs to be funkier. I think it is a word and term, and we all know what it means. It's like, it's like I said, it's putting your floral dress with combat boots. <laughs> like it is doing a, something slightly out of the norm with a very basic look, like for sure. <laughs> look, we all just wanted to be funkier in the nineties. Yeah, what's wrong with being funky? So Michael then suggests to Jane, what about getting a dog? And she is like (sighs) very upset. Well, because she's literally pregnant. (laughs) So she's kind of being a little unfair because he doesn't know she's pregnant. Yeah. And she's getting mad at him. She should have just told him then. But then we wouldn't have an episode. (laughs) God, This is a very sitcom there's a few sitcom elements in the next these episodes we're talking about the yes. next two where it was just like classic storylines where it's like mistaken you know mistaken circumstances communication yeah communication Bad things communication. yeah let's take a quick break here we'll be right back here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The next morning, Allison runs into Jane in the courtyard. Jane is wearing one of her classic pirate blouses. Yeah. She fills Allison in on what Michael said at dinner. She's like, he doesn't want to have a baby, Allison. Yeah. Then we see Michael and Jake out on the street going for a walk. And Michael is like, sometimes I feel like my marriage is a donut. This... Is so inadvertently filthy. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, why are they talking about hole? It's 8 a.m. <laughs> they're, they're already on the street talking about a hole, how they're going to fill it. And then he tells Jake about how, how much Jane wants to have a baby. 
That's when Billy rolls up in his cab. Like, like as if we're in New York City. I was like, what? <laughs> this is not a cab culture in L.A. No. He's not just roaming the streets in his cab. He's going on calls. This is not New York City where cabs are just always around. Like, no. It's crazy. Yeah, he just rolls up. Yeah, because here's the reality. We know Billy doesn't isn't trolling for customers. He's just cruising the streets. I also love when Jake said that he had a huge hole. <laughs> <laughs> He did. He told Michael he had a huge hole. Um, Billy rolls up in his cab and he invites Michael to go bungee jumping with him. And Michael's like, huh, no. Yeah. Then we see back at the complex that evening, Rhonda is cooking fish and she's cooking two head on fish and she's dancing because you guys, in case you forgot, Rhonda's a dancer and she's dancing in every scene. Yes. Sandy's like, I hate fish. <laughs> you knew, I knew Sandy hated fish. She's like, also Sandy did no favors for herself as far as being likable when she's like, I guess I'm just the type of person who can eat whatever they want and never exercise and look like this. <laughs> like, it's just like, we don't, we don't want to hear that, Sandy. And you know what? I agree with Rhonda. Just wait. Just wait. And put something healthy in your body, Sandy, for, for once. once. Not bad dick. Right. <laughs> Not fried food or whatever you fucking eat. <laughs> Get it together, Sandy. Jane comes in with some dresses for the girls to try on. She's designed them herself. Now, this is the first time that I re- recall in this series we hear Jane say the word design. This is something I've always noticed about Jane Mancini. She pronounces it design. Oh. And she says, my designs. Yeah. Look, you're going to hear it every time she says it. Yeah. I don't, I wonder where she's from in the country. Like the actress. It's like a hyphenated designs. Yeah. People say things differently in different parts of the country. I just noticed. I just noticed. I'm I'm curious where. I'm not judging. It's just a Jane mannerism I noticed. It is. But she's brought over her designs. And you can tell they're horrible just from seeing them in her arms. One of them has like a denim top <laughs> and attached to a floral skirt, this dress. And, and the skirt was like patch, like strips of different florals, right? This is, these dresses are what we call in Yiddish shmatas. They the, just, these were shmata dresses. You could tell they were frumpy just by the way they were draping over her arms. It was a lot of fabric. It was way too much fabric. She puts them on Sandy and Rhonda, and they're hideous. And Jane says as much. She says, they look awful. And here's the thing. Sandy and Rhonda would look good in anything. Yes. Almost. I, and I these, agree. These were, these were just bad. These were not professionally made dresses. Like, they, Do you know what I mean? There was no shape to them. It was weird. They were terrible. And so then um, Jane is really upset Rhonda's like, well, why don't you stay for dinner? I got some fish. And she's holding this fish up by its tail. And she brings this fish into the living room. For no reason. For no reason. She could have just said, I'm cooking fish. She brings the fish in to the living room to show Jane. And Jane goes, and she starts retching. And she runs to the bathroom. And (laughs) this really dramatic guitar music plays (laughs) while she's running to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) 
I took a video of it because I was laughing so hard. I watched it twice. It is an absurd moment. Well, the thing that's funny watching this show is the music is never matching what I'm feeling no. in that scene. In fact, it's always heightening what I think is stupid about the scene. And it's like, so you clearly don't think this is funny because well, you think it's serious. It's like whoever made the music for this show was anticipating that it w- would eventually go off the rails, but they just kept the off the rails tone of music yeah. when things were still very bland. Yes. So it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't match the tone of the scene at all. And so Jane runs off to the bathroom. They go to the, and the girls follow her. And, and one of them is like, Jane, are you pregnant? One of them. It's Sandy. Oh, it's <laughs> you Sandy? know Sandy knows. <laughs> okay. So then she goes... Jane, are you pregnant? Yeah. Sandy knows all about this. <laughs> she does. And they say congratulations, but they notice she's not happy. Mm. And that's when we hear Michael looking for Jane. And Jane like has to go. She's like, I gotta go. Shh, don't tell him. Don't tell Michael. <laughs> Next, here's a sitcom moment. We uh, go, Billy has a nightmare. Mm. Billy has a nightmare about having to jump from the high jump as a kid. Yeah, that's a classic nightmare in a TV show. Like people screaming at you, like "Go, you loser!" Like, <laughs> right. and you're and you're, and you're a child. under pressure. Yeah. yeah, and so his parents are cheering him on, and Allison hears Billy like screaming. He screams himself awake, and Allison knocks on the door and is like, "Billy, are you all right?" And then she gives him a little pep talk, but it's also a PSA about the dangers of bungee jumping. And I love that she chooses to comfort him by saying, if you hit the ground in your dream, you die. As if that's a fact. Right. She's that's like, I'm like, that's not proven. And then she, <laughs> and then she said, but that almost never happens. Why would they, they inserted that line as if it was like real. She said, they say, they, they say, say if, you, if you hit the ground in your dream, you die. But that almost never happens. It's so weird the way they like said that. And then she tells him this horror story that sounds like one of those, I jumped off a building on acid. Oh, yeah. She's totally. like, there was this guy, a friend of a friend or whatever. She's like, there were these boys. They jumped off the roof. They were bungee jumping, but the rope was too long and they died. I don't even think she says they died. She's like, and then, you know, it's too horrible to even say. <laughs> just like yeah we get it and billy but billy's like no allison i'm gonna do it i'm too safe and then allison goes well just make sure they make the cord the right length (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) the next morning matt and billy are ready to go jake is still sleeping and he's like uh we we see you get a shirtless jake in this scene yeah we we always love a shirtless jake we love a shirtless jake he's like are we gonna do this Matt's a little hesitant, too, uh, but they're going to go. Jane comes over to Allison's to talk. She's like, I'm not going to have the baby, and I already made an appointment to get an abortion. I was like, it seemed like they were skirting around the word abortion, so I, I was happy when they finally said it. I was so relieved I because there are so many... Even, you know, I I always think about in the movie Knocked Up, which came out in 2007. Right. And how late that was that they couldn't say the word abortion in that movie. They had to say shmushmortion. And I always just thought that was so fucking stupid. Right. Because at first, at first she was something like, 
I'm thinking I'm not going to have the baby. Yeah. yeah. So it was like that. And then she did say abortion uh, clinic or abortion. Um, I was thinking this must have been a pretty big deal when it came out. Yeah. Because I don't think this was a common storyline back then. I, I think there was a few. I remember that Maud, that show from the 70s, had a big abortion storyline. And that was like the first time ever. Um and yeah, I mean, it probably was on more soap opera type shows, though. Yeah, and this was—I uh, was—I was fine with the way they handled it, given the time and that it was fucking just doing the storyline. Just doing it was, was yeah, yeah, and that it was a network story, a network TV show. It's like it's fine, you know. Um, so Allison's like, Do you, don't you think you should include Michael too? And she's like, no. Jane is very hesitant about telling Michael. She's like, this is, I'm just, I just need to do this. Jane is like, it's my body. It's my choice. And you know what? (laughs) We agree, Jane. On the way to bungee jump, Billy is pumped. And they pull up. They've like driven like an hour east or something. Yeah. They pull up to this big bridge in the middle of nowhere. And they're watching this other, these other guys go first. And we see this guy from afar bungee jumping, and he is like, "Woo! I'm loving it." Yeah, like he just he said, "Oh, this is the best thing ever! I could write a column about this." <laughs> and that and and Billy is like, "Okay, okay, I can do this." Back at the complex, Sandy and Rhonda and Allison have cornered Jane, and Sandy is like, "Are you sure this is something you both want?" They're and really like pressuring her to tell Michael. Yeah, everybody really wants her to tell Michael. But they they realize they just need to go support their friend and her decision. So they offer to come support Jane at the clinic. Now, at the clinic, this lady this lady was like a little this lady needed to step off. She this would never happen nowadays, I in my opinion. I don't well, you're right. I like Look, this, this was, was definitely someone trying to convince this woman. It was definitely like a little odd. It wasn't full crisis pregnancy center, but it was. It gave me a little shades of that. Just the way she talked to Jane. Yeah, this, it was called the Women's Medical Arts. I know. Did you see that? Yes, I wrote it down. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> yeah, it was called Women's Women's Art Medical Arts. Um, but this lady was like, you know, there are other options like adoption. And and she was like very judgy of Jane for not telling her husband, which I feel like that's not your job. You're there to provide the service. Also, some women can't tell their husbands, right? If I mean, in there an is abusive situation. there are situations where that's not an option, right? Um, that's not the case here, though. But no. she doesn't know. Look, all I'm saying is, I I did not have this experience when I had an abortion. I did not have the. They were like, okay. I'm sure this also had to do with uh, pressure from like censor or the network yeah. where they wanted to present other options. That's why I am curious about like the history of abortion on TV shows. Yeah, it's interesting. It is very interesting. It's also interesting that a lot of these uh, serious issues are in soap operas. Yes. And uh, those are traditionally for women, you know? Right. So it's uh, the whole thing is interesting. So... Next, we see Billy back at the bungee jump site. He's doing like a filmed waiver. He has to say, like, in the event of my death, I'm not going to sue this company. Who would make you sign a waiver 
this intense. This is like it was over the top the way it was written. It was almost comical. And if I die, (laughs) I don't know if Billy was doing that or like it was written that way. It was weird. Yeah, it was bizarre. Because normally it would just be like, we're not responsible for any injuries or whatever. Like it would be more legal language. And you just sign it. Yeah. You don't have to film like a filmed affidavit. So then uh, Matt comes up. He's just bungee jumped and he is exhilarated. He's like, that was incredible. It was a rush. It was the best thing I've ever done in my life. Next, we see Jake go, and he's like, woo, hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> he does like, he sounds like, you know, when Goofy falls down a well, <sighs> but like the happy version of that. Yes. So Billy gets strapped in, and he looks like he's going to barf. He's sick. He's sick. He's turning green. He was like shaking and sweating and he's standing on the edge of this bridge and he starts having a flashback to when he's a kid at the pool and then Billy says, I can't. And then the dramatic guitar music plays. I mean, I get, I'm the same way. I can't jump. No, I can't I cannot either. jump. I've gone I've gone up to a high dive thinking I would jump and I couldn't do it. It's scary. It's really scary. You don't think it's scary until you're up there. It's like uh I couldn't do it. So I yeah. get it, but but I would know enough not to go up. <laughs> like yeah. I would I would know before I got up there. Yeah. Back at the clinic in the waiting room, Sandy and Allison are waiting for Jane, and that's when Sandy reveals to Allison that she had an abortion. And Allison goes, what? An abortion? And yeah, <laughs> an abortion? And Allison is shocked. Allison's completely shocked. And Sandy tells this story. She's like, yeah, I was going to be Mrs. Where's she from? Oklahoma? I can't remember. I don't know. But she was going to be, she was in a beauty pageant in her small town when she was 16. She slept with one of the judge's sons because she thought it would give her an edge. <laughs> Classic Sandy move. But she ends up getting pregnant instead. And so she has to go get an abortion. And she talks about, she's like, we had to drive for hours to get there. And she she just tells her story and she tells Allison that she doesn't regret it and whatever. This is a very... Um I mean, political sounds too strong, but it's like definitely someone had a point of view writing this little speech. Yes. Because it was this idea that Sandy had to drive so far. Yes. The setting was like a a shack kind of situation, not like what Jane was having right now. Right. So it definitely was like, oh shit, like, yeah, people have, don't have options in other parts of the country. Yes. Uh, And then not regretting it was also like a good thing to see, right? I was glad that they included that, that it wasn't like... She was like, I regretted it. I regretted every day of my life. She was just very sort of matter of fact. Right. And some people do regret it. And that's fine. We've seen that, though. We never get to see the opposite, which I'm sure is the majority. Yeah. So back at the complex, Rhonda brings low-fat fettuccine. (laughs) No one wants low-fat fettuccine, Alfredo. that. It's made with like yogurt. Look, this is the 90s. Rhonda talks about eating pasta a lot. As long as it's low fat, it's acceptable in the 90s for diet culture. She brings over low fat fettuccine to Jane and Michael's. Rhonda is so sloppy in this scene. She she blew it. This is an unbelievable gaffe on Rhonda's part. (laughs) I could not believe this. Because she doesn't even see Jane 
And she automatically assumes everything's gone down. Yeah. And it's just obviously Mike Jane is not home. Michael still doesn't know. Right. She's bringing over this comfort food for her friend who just had an abortion (laughs) in her mind, right? Right, Or something. And it's just like, you're watching it happen. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it. Like, Rhonda, you are smarter than this. Yeah. I just feel like, Rhonda, what happened? All of these women would have been way more savvy, I think, in this situation. Uh, Rhonda took a dumb bitch pill for breakfast. She did. She did. She is like, I just wanted to let you guys know I'm thinking about you. And Michael's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And she's like, you know, how Jane had an abortion today? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just comically dumb. It is absurd. Because at some point, wouldn't you be like, oh, he doesn't know. Right. Right. His reaction is right. clear. Oh, yeah. I thought Jane was feeling a little under the weather. You, like something. You could have saved it you, still. She could have saved it. No, she she fucks it up. The boys come home from their bungee jumping, whatever. They have a little bro moment and they're all like, Billy, it's okay you didn't jump. They don't respect they him. Don't respect <laughs> him. <laughs> they don't. They do not respect him. So then Jane comes home and she's like Michael, what's wrong? And Michael's fucking furious. And he says, you aborted our baby. (laughs) And then Jane reveals, she's like, I didn't have the abortion. But Michael's still mad. This is like us getting some early glimpses of the sociopath to come. Yes. Because he is, I get that he would be upset. Yes. Like, you should if you have a relationship with your husband, you should confer with him about it. I still think you you have priority of what you want to do, but it, 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 he she did lie to him and not tell him about something that was a major decision. I and they're close. I think that conferring with your husband about this is for me doesn't have anything to do with what her choice is going to be. It has to do with that's that's your supposed if you're not in an abusive relationship, like right. that's your best friend. Don't you want their support? Don't you like want to include them in your what you stuff you're going? Right. It more to me. It just felt like oh, she's keeping secrets from him for no reason. It seemed even if she well, like even if she had trouble talking to him. I'm not even saying that what Jane did is deserving of what Michael's reaction was. No, I do feel like I can understand him being upset that mm-hmm. she didn't come to him, but it didn't become about the communication. It seemed separate. Do you know what I mean? Like he seemed mad that she would have done it at all or like that she was confused about what to do. But then he was also upset that she was pregnant. It's crazy. Like his, that's what I mean. Like his upset didn't seem to really be about the communication. No. Because even if you're upset about that, you can say, look, I understand you, you felt like you couldn't come to me. That's upsetting to me because you can always come to me. Right. right? Like that would be a normal way to handle that conversation. Yeah. But he just wanted to like be in control of the situation and feel like he's like, the daddy, the big daddy in the house. And they're really fighting. They're like, they're yelling. He is, this is the angriest we've seen Michael. Right. I don't think we've even seen him angry. It's usually Jane who's upset. You're right. uh, In this relationship. And he is, he's kind of an asshole. He's an asshole. And so he storms out and she follows him. They're fighting in the courtyard. Everyone's coming out of their apartments and like looking The boys run after Michael. They follow him out onto the street. They have no idea what this fight is about. And the girls all console Jane at the pool. So it's girls and boys separate, consoling each other. Seriously, the men don't know that Michael didn't do anything yet. 
Yeah, they don't know. So at Shooters, the boys are all drinking, and they're like, come on, Michael, give Jane a break. At this point, they find out what the drama is all about, that Jane is pregnant. And they're like, well, that's great. Congratulations. And uh, Michael's finally like, okay, I guess I'm going to talk to Jane. I also love that they're like women. And then Matt says, men aren't any under, aren't any better <laughs> under his breath. <laughs> There's like something. I was like, oh, good for you, Matt. Like, yeah, good for Matt's you, the but- original male feminist. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh of course Jane and Michael make up very emotional keyboard music plays and they kiss on another ugly bedspread. This was like a new ugly bedspread. Yeah, I but, think I might have taken a picture of it because it was so sprawling. We really got a good look of we it got this time. A great look. The overhead shot, yeah. the full spread. <laughs> but like get this shot right now. <sighs> Next, Billy reads Allison his column and it ends with Life's the adventure, not death. Look. Terrible. Just <laughs> awful. It is terrible, but it does sound like a stupid column you might see in like USA Today or something. <laughs> like yeah, those I mean, kind of like pat endings. Right. And they're like proud of themselves. Uh and and honestly, as far as we know, this is the best things Billy Billy has written. I I believe it. It's better than his screenplay. Right. And, and we haven't seen anything else, really. And I like that Allison tries to dunk on Billy. She says, you know, for a valley boy, you can be pretty cool. I just want to be like, Allison, you're not even from L.A. You don't get to make valley jokes. Seriously, you're <laughs> from Wisconsin. <laughs> like, and it's probably a less cool town than where the valley. Yeah. I don't get valley hate uh, at all. I, I'm not like from L.A. Uh, and I think there's a lot of now there's a lot of valley is actually cool sort of mentality happening. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm not a valley person in that I've never lived in the valley and I've just don't haven't I mean, I've just not spent a significant amount of time there unless I'm like going for a very specific thing. Right. Um, but look, the valley has parking and the city doesn't. There's lots of good things in the valley. There's good things about the valley. There's good things about the city. There's good things about Wisconsin. There's good things about California. I think the valley stuff happened because of valley girl culture. Yeah, it got like a very negative connotation. And it's the thing about the valley is like it is so... The San Fernando Valley is so huge and sprawling and there's like so many different kinds of neighborhoods. It's really all just about preference to me. It's like if you don't like the suburbs, you won't like the valley. But there's also a lot of cool L.A. uh, and Hollywood history in the Valley still. That's true. So there are a lot of cool cultural landmarks there, I think. Um, But yeah, I also like when Billy says, move over Doogie Howser. Okay. That's that's the final line. Oh, was that the final line? That's the final line in this episode. Billy starts typing his next story, and it's about Michael. Fatherhood. Fatherhood. And he goes, move over, Doogie Howser. Is that just because he was typing? Was yeah, because Doogie Hauser, it's he, like he Doogie Hauser started and ended every episode with him typing, typing, and like an interior monologue. Yes, right. I can't yes, remember. Yes, um, but it it is kind of you could tell it was like oh that was like a hot show at the time. It was a hot show. at so the So this time. reference was like very topical. There's another in episode six, which we'll talk about next in the next episode. There's a reference to another show that was hot at the time oh, yeah. that I wrote down. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did too. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, this one is a very special episode. Yeah. We got the A story, Jane's pregnancy. Yep. 
And that was a pretty hot topic at the time, I'm guessing. It's still a hot topic. It's still a hot topic. So it definitely was then. And then the B story was the more comedy oriented Billy story. (laughs) Right. Right. And everyone, all the gang was either with one or the other. Like the boys were all supporting Billy uh, and the girls were all supporting Jane. We have a Patreon, not that's, that's for our other podcast, Hollywood crime scene. We're not making a separate Patreon for bitch slap. So if you want to support this show in any way, you can do that by supporting the Patreon of our other show, but there's content on there that you'll like. That you'll like. We recap great bad thriller movies at the $10 tier. We also have lots of bonus episodes. That's patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. And we also have an Instagram bitch slap underscore pod. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we post pictures from the episode. Anyway, that's mm. it. See ya. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.